Hello, hello, hello. I feel removed from the modern world, not having a phone. It's driving me insane. And I know a lot of you have seen the post, but I just have to reiterate again. If I didn't answer you back from the other day, or if you've sent a message and I haven't responded to you, it's because my I my phone just completely crapped the bucket and I'm using Nick's old phone, which is like at 10% capacity. So hopefully tomorrow I get my actual phone. Um, I just wanted to tell you that because I can't stand the idea of people waiting for me to answer them. So if that is the case, send me another text. Um, if, if it's an iPhone, I'll probably get the message, um, I hope. But, you know, retrograde technology stuff. So I figured rather than teaching a lesson today, because to be honest with you, with the stress of having OCD and having my phone, which is like, it, not only does it, do I run my business out of it, but it's a familiarity, you know, it's a dependability. It's something that when that's removed and you're just completely locked out of your phone and don't know if you can get your stuff back. It is really unnerving. So I almost didn't do today's Zoom. I was like, I can't think straight to like actually provide a lesson. Um, and I was trying to go over, okay, well, if I did want to do it today, what would I do it on? And then I meditated to feel better. And I was like, okay, I'm going to teach the Zoom on, on meditation today. And here we are. So I want to know before we get into it, as you guys are right now, what do you think about meditation? What do you gather about it? Is it for you? Is it not for you? Tell me in the chat, what is your current um, idea of me meditation, your current thoughts? It's great for everyone but me. I'm into it, but always fall asleep trying. Mm -hmm. I hear that really commonly as well. Like some people get really anxious from it. Some people get really sleepy from it. It's like does its job and relaxes you, but too much. Um, Liz, what do you think makes it not good for you? What do you notice? Becca said guided meditation is best for me. I like guided meditation, but I'm so picky on it. Like I like guided if it's like, I kind of like today, like I'm going to explain like how to do it or like a prompt on how to meditate. But if it's like someone speaking and like talking me through it, I can't focus. I can't, it's like all I can focus on is the voice that's guiding me. Um, it's like audio books for me. I can't, I don't know why it just doesn't sink in. Uh, but I know a lot of people who love gui guided meditation, like audio meditation. Um, I find my mind wanders. Yeah. Where I have one specifically for that today too. I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to teach you five different types of meditations. So I love meditation when I'm consistent with it. It helps me. I've learned that monkey mind is okay when it happens. Yes, that was the biggest thing for me too, which has made me okay with meditation. I used to hate it. I used to go against every fiber of my neurodivergent being. Um, I struggle to keep the focus. I get bored or distracted. I can't get that clarity to tune out of my brains. We need to be doing this instead. Okay, that, that's something different too, because I bet you feel the same way about rest as well. Like I should be doing... XYZ, you know, or even if you're meditating, sometimes you can be like, why aren't I just resting rather than meditating? Right. So, my goal for today is to make meditating fun because, like, with a lot of things for us neurodivergent folk, when something is fun, is when we tend to do it and tend to stick to it. So, let's get into it. Now, 
I tried to like, I just wanted to Google like, okay, what do the powers that be say about meditation? And right away on Wikipedia, first thing that comes up, research shows meditation practices lead to greater emotional regulation abilities. Mindfulness can help people become more aware of thoughts in the present moment. And this increases self-awareness, which leads to better processing and control over one's responses to surroundings or circumstances. So that being said, how do you guys feel about being more present? Because it's okay if that's terrifying. Like it's okay. A lot of us in here too have a history of trauma and sometimes like not wanting to have that level of awareness and self-analysis in that moment um, that could feel overwhelming to us. So even though this practice is meant to help us unwind, some of us might know that it's meant to make you more aware and that's kind of what you want to avoid. Anyone feel like that or can relate to that? Like if I'm just sitting there thinking about my problems, how am I not going to spiral into a big mess and not be able to have the rest, you know, do anything the rest of the day? So we kind of either write off meditating as like Liz, what you're saying is like, I should be doing this instead. Or we do the neurodivergent thing where if it's something that we know is good for us, but we're kind of dreading it, we just kind of push it off or don't connect with it fully. So my hope is to bridge that gap today. Okay, so first of all, I always unbrace and stretch and do some mewing breathing before I do my meditation, unless I'm meditating in bed before getting out of bed in the morning. Like in that case, I'll do it after. Um, I was gonna ask who needs a recap, but let's do a recap. So first thing for mewing breathing, mewing breathing is amazing. So what I want you guys to do, try it with me. I want, you're gonna put your tongue to the roof of your mouth and try to flatten it out as much as possible. So I wish I could talk and, and do it too, but if you can see, your tongue should be all the way stretched because you're trying to flatten it to the roof of your mouth, okay? Sorry if it grosses anyone out. It's freaking me out looking at it on my screen. So um, when you're doing that, keep, you keep your mouth closed. You don't have to like open it like mine, um, but that's the way your tongue should be resting, pressing up against the roof of your mouth. When you do that, breathe through your nose and tell me if you don't notice that your air is like, clearer if that makes sense like it feels like it goes like deeper or something try it with me such a difference and if you do that you notice like this part of your neck straightens out like my back and neck are completely scoliosed scoliosed so I don't think I'll ever get a fully straight neck but if you touch the your tongue to the roof of your mouth it like strengthens the muscles down here which helps over time um, as we start to lose collagen and stuff and our skin starts to sag, you want to have as much like internal, not that there's anything wrong with aging, but you want to have as much internal structure as possible just to, you know, keep it going. So, um, mewing helps, right? Someone said, well, it feels like having a nose strip opening my nasal passages. Yes. Okay. So the science behind this is we're supposed to be breathing that way. Um, a lot of people have what's called poor tongue posture, which I didn't even know tongue posture was a thing, but ADHD, I found myself researching tongue ties because it's a thing. I didn't even know kids, like, I thought being tongue tied was just an expression. Like, I didn't think that that's a real physiological thing that happens that kids have to get surgery on usually um, to fix it. A lot of adults, as I've been reading, they're finding that a lot of adults have tongue ties that got missed in childhood. 
Did you know that if you have a tongue tie or anything's wrong with your connective tissue up here, that it affects all of the connective tissue in your body? Like, it's really, really interesting. If you ever want a really cool rabbit hole to fall down, look up tongue posture. Be careful of the results you might get. But um, mewing helps open up the nasal passageways and your entire, your nose is a whole, basically an air filter, right? Your nose hairs, your different sinuses and passageways and all of that is, in, it's intended to filter out the um, toxins in the air that you're taking in so that the air you're taking in is as clean and pure as possible. So you combine that with the tongue posture, opening up those airways, you're getting a lot deeper cleaner, I guess, air that way. You're getting more pure oxygen deeper that way. So, yep, you spelled it right poorly. So it's mewing, M-E-W-I-N-G. Isn't that like a Pokemon? I don't know. I feel like I always think of Pokemon whenever I say that. Um, but yeah, so Mew, yeah, that's right. And there's like Mewtwo, is that my old nerd is showing. Um, so I freaking love Pokemon. I hate it when they added the second generation. That really did me in. I didn't give a damn about any of those other Pokemon, just the original Pokédex, but I digress. So you want to do some mewing breathing. I try to remember to do that throughout the day as much as possible. Um, those of us with anxiety or with swollen um, jaw joints, especially from Hashimoto's, because the jaw is a very strong joint and Hashimoto's affects the joints. Um, we tend to get really clenched up and not breathe properly. Or I don't know if you guys ever like have to let yourself breathe and you're like, oh, why wasn't I breathing? Like we like hold our breath randomly. Uh, so there's all kinds of crazy crap we do with breathing and tongue posture and stuff like that. Definitely shoot me a text if you want to pick my brain about it. Really interesting stuff. So mewing, stretching, self-explanatory, you know, just try to loosen up and stretch. Um, and then unbracing. I unbrace all the time. I love it. I have the luxury of being in my home. So I don't look like a psychopath to people on the outside. But to be honest, if I worked somewhere, I'd probably still embrace the same amount. So unbracing for those of you who don't know it or who need a refreshing. Um, <clears throat> first up, you're going to relax your shoulders away from your ears. This also gets kind of like we get crunched up and we don't even realize that we're doing it. So you want to relax your shoulders away from your ears. Okay. You want to shake out your hands like you washed them and you don't have a towel. So just shake that out, loosen them up. Again, we tend to get very tense in our hands and don't realize it. Those of us that got the T-Rex arms going on, it, it sends subtle signals to our brain to keep us more stressed when we're more tensed up. So every little bit that you can just unbrace, you're not bracing for impact. You're telling your brain in general, your physical energy can be relaxed and then your mind will follow suit. So you shake your hands out. Next, you're going to rotate your shoulders. Remember in gym class where we used to do these? It's so good. Okay. Then the other way, go forward. Then same thing with your head. You're gonna, oh my God, my, my neck is a little weird the ways that it goes because I don't have like a full on regular neck. Mine's like silicone. But whatever feels good, just roll your head around. And then the last part is you're going to do two facial stretches. So first stretch, you're going to smile as like stretch out your face as much as you can. And then the set and then release 
And then second stretch is going to be, you're going to raise your eyebrows up as high as they'll go, hold it and then release. Okay. So release, you're going to look crazy. It's okay. All right. And then if you're like me, you get Botox, your forehead's not going to move much, but Hey, I feel it inside. That's all that counts. Stretch your head, your forehead and release. Wow. It really didn't move. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, that's embracing. Relax your shoulders, shake your hands out, rotate and loosen up the shoulders, rotate and loosen up the neck, and then stretch by smiling really wide and then releasing and then by raising your eyebrows as high up as they'll go and releasing while mewing breathing. That's embracing. So I do that either if it's if I'm not meditating in the morning well, before I get out of bed for the day. Um, I will do this beforehand and then I'll either sit or lay down to do the meditations that I'm telling, I'm about to tell you, um, or I will just do what I got to do in the morning before I get out of bed. And then when I get up, I stretch, I embrace and all that. Any questions so far about this part, the embracing, the mewing, stretching, anything like that? Okay, cool. So let's see. First, meditation, color imaging. So if you put a visual, uh, and this might not be all of us, some of us are not big visual people. Like we can't really, I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know that not everyone was like this um, until I started doing this more and like talking with people over the years and understanding that all of our neurodivergencies are different, right? So if you're someone who has a hard time with any of the visualizations of these meditations, um, these should still work even if you're not visualizing, but not this one, <laughs> not this one or the next one. Those two are going to be particularly difficult if you can't visualize. So color imaging is you're sitting there, laying there, whatever, just comfy, you know, and then, and with your head back, so you don't have to support your head up. That's the most important part. Okay. So however you want to be sitting, laying, support your head. And then you want to imagine that the color around the air around you like floating all around your body has a certain color. You can pick whatever it is, pink, blue, doesn't matter, but this is just your visual cue. Okay. And then as you're doing your mew, your mewing breathing and you're laying there, I want you to envision this color cloud circling all around you. I want you to envision breathing it in, it going down throughout your whole body and out again. And that's, that's the whole meditation. It could be for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be much, right? But it's the focused effort in thinking of the colorful like air moving around you, where it's at, where, you know, when it goes in your body, like I get this little image of a magic school bus. You remember when they like shrunk down and went into someone's body? Um, I, I feel like it, that reminds me of that. I don't know. But it's just about however you picture it. There's no right or wrong way to picture it. It's just the, the exercise itself is in taking that time out to push that vision of the air around you and get really present in that way. So I don't know. How, what do you guys think about that one? Especially my clients who are like, I can't, I feel like I can't focus or I feel like I get bored. It doesn't have to be for like 15 minutes straight, I'd get bored too. It's just for a few minutes of this is better to just kind of get yourself present. Um, like this isn't one that I would do while laying down in the morning. 
Um, I would probably do this if I'm just trying to get back to a baseline of calm during the day. This is like one that I did earlier when I was feeling really stressed. So it's really easy to do, even if you're just sitting up and close your eyes for a couple minutes. So, oh my gosh, I just, I think that all the time, I think of that all the time. Glad I'm not the only one who remembers Miss Frizzle and the, the body exploration. It was my favorite episode. Like I watched all of them and I don't really remember any except that episode. Oh, it was so good. Miss Frizzle. I should be Miss Frizzle for Halloween. Got the orange hair to try and rock it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So really simple, just a quick little visualization to help you pull back into your present, you know, body. So, and then the second one is kind of similar, just a little bit more involved of a take on it. So you want to think it's called orb imaging. So first we had color imaging. Now we have orb imaging. And it's pretty much the same. This is good for a day where maybe your mental threshold is really, really not that high. Like you have a very hard time focusing. Um, it's maybe a little bit easier to visualize an orb than an entire colorful bout of air around you, you know? So the orb one is a little bit more focused and you want to imagine that there's like this color orb or whatever. And it's floating all about, like it's just bouncing around. And then you want to imagine that it goes in. I know this sounds crazy, but this is just for visualization sake, just to keep you focused, right? But you want to imagine the light like going in through the top of your head, similar to the color one, you know, except you're not breathing it in, Go in goes in through your head, goes down through your body, out your feet, and back again. So you see why this one's a little bit better for the really, really like low focus days, because it's just a loop. It's one track. You don't have to think about where it's going in your body or what color it is, or like as silly as it sounds, some days, I don't know if you guys can relate, even those decisions would make you not want to meditate at all. So on those days where you have really low threshold, orb imaging is good again for just a quick timeout to get present and feel grounded. Um, but it's just a very easy visualization. The next few ones are a little bit more involved. So these are really good for someone saying monkey brain before, is that what it's called? But it's like when you're meditating and you feel like you have all these thoughts coming into your mind and you're, you feel like oh, I should be doing something else or whatever. You want to kind of capitalize on those feelings because you want to have that inner dialogue with yourself, with yourself in those moments. Because I know that we think we need to quiet our brain when we're meditating. No, <laughs> it's more to center your brain, to have that time out, to be present with your thoughts and stuff. So you have the relaxation, easy, no thinking kind of meditations, but I find that we strengthen our ability to sort through the issues if we're meditating on them. Okay. So if you're not, if you're like not big into meditating right away, I would start with the first two. And when you feel like that's more of a comfortable practice, then maybe try these, one of these next three. Okay. So next one up is the asking why meditation. So allow the thoughts to come in. So you're going to, you're going to stretch. You're going to do your embracing, your mewing breath. You're going to sit or lay in a way that supports your head. That's comfy, right? And then you're just going to take a couple deep breaths and wait for the first thought to come. When that first thought comes, you're then going to think in your head, what do I feel and why? 
What do I feel and why? When any thought comes into your head, don't think about the thought, think about the feeling it evokes. And then you start to say, why? Where is that coming from? Um, And you try to find the first time you ever felt that way. I've done this with you guys, some of you on calls before, right? Where I've said to you, okay, what do you feel? When do you think the first time you ever felt that was? Um, And this is what you want to do for yourself. You're not trying to get any hard hitting self-analysis right now. You're just trying to practice directing the thoughts. You know, like you want to be in control of the direction that those thoughts go. So you don't want to try and stop them. They're just repressed. It's going to turn into anxiety, but kind of use that as your data in that moment. This is your safe meditation space. This is your brain laboratory, right? This is where you figure out your stuff. You don't have to include anyone else. You don't have to go anywhere. It is just your space. So I don't know if that helps anybody with that feeling of like, this is truly like your safe haven. This is where you can look at things for yourself and nobody else has to be present. So you keep asking, okay, what do I feel and why? And then another thought pops in your head. Maybe like you have to text somebody and you forgot to text them. Okay, what do I feel and why? Because everybody will live if you take 10 minutes to do this meditation. The feeling of being anxious to get back to something should be the thing you ask, what do I feel and why? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel antsy? Nervous that someone's going to be mad at me? You know, like really diving into that. It's like, you want, you know, there's the meditations that bring your physical awareness, but this is kind of like gaining that mental awareness, that connection with yourself, like meditating sets to do with your body, your physical connection. Questions, concerns, hesitations about asking why, what do you guys think? Cause that's a little bit different of a meditation. You're like, what's the difference between just sitting there and thinking about it? There really isn't, except that you're you're specifically picking a time to do this and you're laying somewhere comfortable and able to do it. That's really, that's it, you know? But if it helps you process something in a way that you wouldn't process it regularly because you just shove those thoughts down, then that's, that's achieving what meditation is seeking to achieve, creating that presence. Thoughts on that one? And are these surprising so far? Because I really never know how much people know about meditating or like what they've tried before. I thought it was like you had to sit there and go, um, you know, and I'm like, that's cool for people who do that, but it's not going to be me, you know? So thoughts on these ways of doing it. Tell me in the chat. I think you're going to like the next one. This one, the next one makes me feel like peaceful, even just reading it. Okay. Body awareness. Another one that might not make anybody like your first reaction may not be peacefulness from this, right? Like if you were to ask yourself, how would I bring peace upon myself? Being even more aware of your body probably doesn't sound like it's all that exciting, but it's different. We are so used to being aware of our bodies in negative ways, in how it looks, how it takes up space, how it performs, how how much pain you're in or how capable it is versus others. We are always having body awareness. So when you think about purposely creating body awareness in a meditation, it sounds awful, but 
it's actually to call more awareness to what you, what your body feels in that moment physically. So you're laying down, sitting down, whatever. I want you to start with your toes and I want you to, with your you know eyes closed, doing your mewing, mewing breathing, I want you to like draw your attention, draw your consciousness, your awareness, whatever, to your toe, pick a toe, whatever. And you want to, like, as I'm doing it right now, I can actually like, I'm putting my attention on my big toe. I can feel the shoe around it. I can feel it resting on the bottom of the shoe. Okay, move up, next body part. Tops of the feet, let's say. And you would repeat the same thing for the tops of the feet. You would draw your attention to the tops of your feet. You'd be like, okay, I feel the shoe on the top of that. Do your breathing. I feel it connected to the rest of my leg. Like whatever you're feeling, you're just drawing your attention there. Then it goes up to the next part. And maybe you do ankles, shins, whatever, knees, what you decide. Because it a big part of meditating is you have to follow your own process to a degree. So really just drawing your attention to currently what the physical part of your body feels like is experiencing, etc. Um, by the time you get up to your head. That one might make you fall asleep if you keep going. Like that's a really good relaxing one. Um, if you're needing help coming, like if you're feeling a little keyed up and you want to tone it down, especially at night. Great for that. Like I could put myself to sleep just, just doing that. If I can't fall asleep, a lot of times I'll do that meditation because by the time I get to probably like my hips, I am so, I'm so like blissed out, ready to go to bed. So, um, Oh, I missed something from the last one. I'm so sorry. The, the asking why is really, really good to do before you have some journaling time. So this way, whatever questions or feelings or whatever you've kind of delved into in your meditation, you can just put it right on paper and maybe you can keep that going and kind of dive deeper into that. Um, it also helps to get it out of your own head and just put it on paper and be able to move on to the next chapter for the day. So if you're doing the asking why, uh, one, ask why mentally one, then try to journal a little bit and brain dump after. So body awareness. What do you guys think of that one? Tell me in the chat. Jasmine, I like to do all kinds of different meditations. I like the asking why one. Um, I when I wrote that down, I was like, I feel like Jasmine's going to love that one. Um, especially if it's in the middle of the day and I'm feeling anxious, I think it'll help me figure out what's bothering me so I can work through it. Yeah. And you'll also start to see patterns and you'll see that things are kind of different, but kind of the same. And you'll be able to call them out as your own triggers. You know, you'll be able to see them from a mile away. You'll be able to create plans around them, you know? So yes, you're supposed to spend that time meditating to become like to quiet your mind, but not really. You're just supposed to make your mind more present to what it is that you want to work through. And that, that helps on the emotional side of things in terms of meditating. Great point. So, and then body awareness, I want to know, um, have you guys ever tried something like that? Because before I was, before I learned that that's a thing, I'm like, why would we just sit around like thinking about our body parts and like what they're feeling? But then I did it and I was like, oh my God, this is great. My pants feel great. You know, like it's just little, it just makes you feel more comfy. I don't know. Can't explain it. I've done the body awareness ones before with dance and yoga classes. Yes. In yoga, when at the end, I love that. Like when you're sitting, I don't know what it's called, but you have like your feet together and they're like, I don't know, like bent knees, feet together. This is what I'm doing. Um, and 
they tell you to like focus on how the floor is cradling your body and like all of that. Oh my God. That could put me to sleep at the end of a yoga session. Like I love that feeling. Um, the word cradled always just makes me feel more comfortable too, you know? So I love that. Um, Let's see. You wouldn't think it's a meditation in the stereotypical sense, which is probably why I like it. Same. I like to have a meaning behind everything I'm doing. So meditating, that's why I need to have like some kind of process to follow. And it's not the just sit there and quiet the mind, make yourself more aware, more present. I will be so irritated by that. Like I need to have something to follow. You know, I don't know if it's the tism, but it's going to make me stick to it a lot more, even if it's easy. I like a process, you know? Feel your body sinking into the floor. That's the one. And the floor cradling your body. Yep. That. Um, so. Okay. And then lastly, this is, I entirely made this up, um, but I love it. And you run through your affirmations in your head, but you pair it with an image that you're visualizing of the life that you're wanting to attract right? So whatever it is that your affirmation is, push yourself to really picture what the hell that would look like. What would that, you know, what that would include? Where would you be? None of it has to be like, you don't have to stick to that just because you thought it, that's what has to happen. It's essentially like daydreaming essentially, but you're doing it with purpose. So let's see something I'm affirming. Um, I am affirming that I am one of those people who feels the best when they're pregnant and loves being pregnant. Like what are those wackos <laughs> like loves it? Cause I know they exist. I've had clients that are like that, you know? Um, so I keep picturing that. So I will literally say in my head and be like, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a smooth, easygoing, pleasant pregnancy. And I'll picture if I, as much as I could, what the hell that would look like. You know, the other day I was picturing like myself, like a big ass belly, like hiking. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to want to hike probably, but I don't like to, I, I like hiking. I just don't get to the hiking trail, but you know, I would have ventured to imagine that I'm going to get there less often while pregnant, but for the sake of the meditation, it just helped me kind of connect it, put it together. That's just the visualization that came to mind. I never been pregnant. I don't know what the hell it, all I've seen is people with bellies, you know? So <laughs> my, my extent of visualizing is going to be as simple as me with a belly on a hike. But as you run through it, it helps you feel connected to what it is you're affirming, you know? So then as we all know, the more you visualize something, you believe that it's real and you believe that it's attainable and you go after it to the best of your ability. So I like to think of that I'm killing two birds with one stone when I'm meditating in this way. This is the one I do in the morning, typically when I'm um, before I get out of bed is I'll run through my affirmations and I'll visualize them in my head as well. Um, and it just kind of feels like a good jump start to the day. So nice little combo. Um, it also, I feel like assigning the visualization to each affirmation too makes it feel like it's something more than just saying out loud something that you want to happen. You know, like you're actually taking that time to not just say you want this, but think about what that includes. Um, I've even done this and I found things that I didn't want to attract in the past by really picturing what that would be like. And I've changed my affirmations, you know, so having that little powwow time with what it is you really do want and visualizing that. If not for, you know, if you don't believe in the law of attraction stuff, at least it's going to give you a, a shot at the day that's just has you more connected to like what's possible. So 
Thoughts on that one? I'm very big on attaching routines to routines. So like the affirmation meditation, I love that. Um, I affirm stuff when I'm in the shower. Like I have to pick a certain time that I do things. It can't just be like 3 p.m. Because good luck having me stick to anything like that longer than maybe twice. So question, how, what do you guys find makes consistency the hardest for you? Like if you learn a tool that you really like, you know, and that you feel like works for you, because this happens with all of us ND people as well. Um, it feels like it falls off, right? Like you do it for a little bit and then it's just like gone. What do you guys feel about consistently prioritizing meditation and even five minutes each day? What do you foresee being hard about keeping that consistent? Tell me in lay chat. I keep reading your comment, um, Chelsea, and I keep getting more and more calm every time I read it. Feel your body sinking into the floor and the floor cradling your body. I swear, I wanted to take the yoga classes just for that, the, the cool down at the end. Um, have Has any of you done hot yoga before? That cool down with that whole thing at the end of hot yoga. I never want to leave here. You know, like, don't let me out of here. Let's see what you guys are saying. I feel like I haven't figured out what keeps me from maintain, maintaining routine, honestly. Yeah, um, I think that's valid. It could just be like ADHD because I don't have an explanation. I don't, um, I view it as having the flexibility to realizing that, oh shit, I fell off with that. Let me just get back to it. You know, because I think otherwise we have a lot of shame in not having that consistency, even if we like something or it's good for us we kind of internalize it to be like, why can't I stay on top of it? But I don't know why either. Um, that was, that was the point of my question, you know, it's great, but it's a trick question in that all you can have is the flexibility to try to remember to do it regularly and give yourself grace. If it's not every single day, or it is three days in a row and then two days off and then a week straight, you know, like it doesn't matter. We're all human. Um, the goal is to think of it as a viable tool at your disposal each day. You can always, that's what I love about meditating is that is always my available safe space and time. Even if the world is going insane around me, I can go sit in a room for a few minutes, take a couple deep breaths, do a little visualization kind of, and by the time I'm done with it, did it make everything get better? No. But did it help me feel less bogged down by everything? Yes. Still got to fix the problem, still got to deal with it when I get up from meditating, but it is always a tool that's at your disposal, whether you want to make it an everyday practice or whether you want to, like, because you schedule it or whether you want to make it an everyday practice because it's something you lean on for stress management as stress is happening. There, the only consistency that exists is the consistency that serves us, right? We can't force ourselves to be consistent and stuff. We just got to kind of go around it and see what still gets the job done. You know, so remembering to do it at all. <laughs> I feel like I'd be better if I had a little printed sheet by my nightstand or on my mirror to remind myself, like I need to have a physical visual prompt. Usually I would say, um, we think we need that, but I know you and I know you love having your resources. So maybe try that out. You know, maybe put a sticky note 
um, like on your bedside table or something like that. And then remember to meditate before bed. You know, like you have your sticky note on the table and it says meditate before sleep. And there you go. And then that kind of starts a routine and it builds off of that. And that might be going well for months and completely fall apart for no reason at all. That's what I mean. We have, sometimes we just got to get back into the swing of things. You know, some things are not meant to be for us to do every single day forward, even though we'd want to. If my routine is off one day, like I overslept, I get all messed up. Yep. Neurodivergent life. Like I once meditated every day for three months and then I overslept and didn't do it once. So then I just stopped. Yes, it's momentum, momentum disruption for sure. I mean, it's the same mechanism. If you think about people who get into these very, very like intense diets, they're all gung ho in the beginning. They're like, this is great. This is, you know, anyone who's done a call with me to get into this program knows I try to squash that fake motivation right away. You know, this is not that. So it's kind of the same thing. Like it doesn't have to be the all or nothing, but it does affect us when something isn't sustainable every single day. So factoring that in, what if you had like a couple different times that could be for you, for you to meditate, because you need that structure. You're saying, you know, you like to have that routine and stuff. So what if you develop a routine out of like plan A, B, and C? And plan A is everything's honky-dory. I meditate at the same time that I usually do. Great. Plan B is I meditate in the morning before I get out of bed if I'm going to have a busy day or I don't know, I'm not home that day or whatever. Um, and just kind of figure out three different options for yourself that still feel like you could be adhering to something, but give you a little bit of flexibility in the circumstances of that day and how they might affect the consistency. Does that make sense? Because all of us really, really, really give a damn. Like we really do about so much. Like we are very much driven. And like, if, if we weren't like that, we wouldn't be on a Zoom on a Wednesday night. You know, you wouldn't be talking to us, the, you know, me, your coaches, things like that. We're all here because we give so much, you know, of a damn about this. So I think having that strict guide on yours, or I don't know what word I'm trying to say right now, that strict regulation on yourself to do it this way all the time, it screws it all up. You know, done is done. So however, it can be easier for you to get it done. All right, awesome. So I hope that this was helpful. I feel like I felt like it was going to be way too short. It's 840 somehow. <laughs> but um, I would love to know your feedback. If you try any of these meditations, um, I would suggest trying them a few times and seeing overall what you notice after you've tried them a few times. Your first time might still be frustrating. It might not do anything for you, but really try the the. The magic is in the setting aside the time for it. That's really it. If you could do that, then half the job of meditation is done. So, and if you need any help, shoot me a text. Even if you work with a coach only, you all have access to me as well. So maybe wait a day if you, uh, if you want to shoot me that profound text until I have a uh, reliable phone, but um, I'm here eager and happy to help. Okay. So, oh, someone, I sent a message a private message. Do you have these examples written down? Okay. You know what I can do? Um, I will put my notes from the zoom in the comments of the recording. So, um, I'll try to make them more legible and then I will post them in there so you can see them all coinciding. All right. Enjoy your night guys. And, uh, love y'all. So bye.